Chapters 15 through 19 of An American Robinson Crusoe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. An American Robinson Crusoe by Samuel B. Allison. Chapter 15 Robinson's Shoes and Parasol. The next morning, Robinson could not get up. His feet were swollen and sore in consequence of walking without shoes over thorns and stones. He must remain the whole day in his cave. Before him, in the sun, his walking stick stuck in the ground. He thought how he had been troubled yesterday to find his way and about the shadow. He had now time to study it. He watched it the whole day through. In the morning, it pointed toward the land. In the evening, toward the sea. This comes from the daily movement of the sun. He determined to study the matter more carefully. Robinson got up and with great effort walked to the spring. There he cooled his burning feet and gathered some large leaves which he bound on them. He decided to remain in his cave a few days, for he had enough food stored up to last him some length of time he planned how he might make himself a pair of shoes as soon as his feet were well he sought out some thick bark and put fastenings of tough strong fiber on it these served very well to protect his feet but he must have some further protection from the sun it beamed so hot that his hat was not enough he made a parasol out of leaves like his hat he took a straight stick for a handle he tied some reeds together and bent them into a hoop. He then fastened the upper end of the stick in the center of the hoop by means of six reeds which formed the ribs of the parasol. To keep out the sun, he covered this framework with large, broad leaves. With a cord, he tied the stem ends of the leaves to the stick just above where the reeds were tied. Spread out, these broad leaves completely covered the ribs their tips reached over the hoop they were fastened together by means of a small needle-like fish bones robinson had found on the beach end of chapter fifteen robinson's shoes and parasol chapter sixteen getting fire now robinson had heard that savages take two dry pieces of wood and rub them so long on each other that at length they began to burn he tried it the sweat ran down his cheeks but every time the wood was about to catch fire his strength would give out and he was obliged to rest and when he began again the wood was cold how will it be in winter he cried when it is cold and i have no fire he must try other ways of preparing meat for his table he must think of some other way of getting fire. He remembered that once, when a boy at home, he had, in playing with a stick, made it hot by twirling it on the end of a piece of wood. I will try this, he thought. He searched for a good hard stick and a piece of wood upon which to turn or twirl it with his hands. Having found the best materials at hand, he began to twirl the stick. He made a little hollow in the block of wood in which to turn his upright stick. There was heat, but no fire. 
he twirled and twirled but he could not get the wood hot enough to blaze up or ignite he had not skill besides his hands were not used to such rough treatment soon they blistered and this method had to be given up i must have fire he still thought and recalled the sparks that flew from the stone pavements of the streets when the iron shoes of the horses struck them as they slipped and strained at their cruel loads why may i not get fire by striking together two stones he sought out two hard stones and with great diligence kept striking them together until his strength gave out and he was obliged again to acknowledge failure he remembered that sometimes travelers put the meat underneath the saddle and ride on it until it is soft he tried it with pounding he laid some of the meat on a flat stone and pounded it it became quite soft and tasted very well he then tried hanging it in the sun and finally wrapped it in leaves and buried it for a few hours in the hot sand End of chapter 16, Getting Fire Chapter 17, Robinson Makes Some Furniture One thing troubled Robinson very much. He could not sit comfortably while eating. He had neither chair nor table. He wished to make them, but that was a big job. He had no saw, no hammer, no auger, and no nails robinson could not therefore make a table of wood not far from his cave he had seen a smooth flat stone ay thought he perhaps i can make me a table out of stone he picked out the best stone and built up four columns as high as a table and on these he laid his large flat stone it looked like a table sure enough but there were rough places and hollows in it he wanted it smooth. He took clay and filled up the holes and smoothed it off. When the clay dried, the surface was smooth and hard. Robinson covered it with leaves and decked it with flowers till it was quite beautiful. When the table was done, Robinson began on a chair. He made it also of stone. It had no back. It looked like a bench. It was uncomfortable to sit on. Robinson covered it with moss then it was an easy seat table and chair were now ready robinson could not move them from one corner to another nor when he sat on the chair could he put his feet under the table and yet he thought them excellent pieces of furniture every day robinson went hunting and shot a rabbit but the meat would not keep at home they would have put it in the cellar if only he had a cellar he saw near his cave a hole in the rock. He dug it out a little with his mussel shell and found that it led back under a rock. From much bending over and digging, Robinson's back, unused to severe toil, ached wretchedly. He decided to make a spade. With his flint, he bored four holes in a great round mussel shell. They formed a rectangle as long as a little finger and as wide. Through these holes, he drew coconut fiber and bound the shell to a handle fast and strong. With his spade, he dug a hole so deep that he could stand in it upright. Then he put a couple of shelves made of flat stones. In this cellar, he put his rabbit meat and his eggs. 
Then he laid branches over it and finally covered the whole with leaves. End of chapter 17, Robinson Makes Some Furniture. Chapter 18, Robinson Becomes a Shepherd. With his bow and arrow, Robinson went hunting every day. The rabbits soon learned to know him and let themselves seldom be seen. As soon as they saw him, they took alarm. They became timid and shy. One day, Robinson went out as usual to shoot rabbits. He found none, but as he came to a great rock, he heard from behind a new sound, one he had not heard before in the island. Bah! it sounded. A kid, thought Robinson, like that with which I have so often played at home. He slipped noiselessly around the rock, and behold, really, there stood a kid. He tried to call it, but the kid sought safety in flight. He hastened after it. Then he noticed that it was lame in one forefoot. It ran into some brush, where Robinson seized it by the horns and held it fast. How Robinson rejoiced! He stroked it and fondled it. Then he thought, how could it come into this wilderness on this lonesome island? Has your ship been cast upon the rocks too and been broken to pieces? You dear thing, you shall be my comrade. He seized the goat by the legs and no matter how it kicked, carried it to his cave. Then he fetched quickly a coconut shell full of water and washed and bathed the goat's wounded leg. A stone had rolled down from the hill and had inflicted a severe wound on its left foreleg, or perhaps it had stepped into a crack in the rocks. Robinson tore off a piece of linen from his shirt, dipped it in the water, and bound it with shreds of the coconut upon the wound. Then he pulled some grass and moss and made a soft bed near the door of the cave. After he had given it water, it looked at him with thankful eyes and licked his hand. Robinson could not sleep that night. He thought continually of his goat and got up time and again to see if it was safe. The moon shone clear in the heavens. As Robinson sat before the goat's bed, he looked down on his new possession as lovingly as a mother on her child. The next morning, Robinson's first thought was, I am no longer alone. I have a companion, my goat. He sprang up and looked for it. There she lay on her side, still sleeping. As he stood and considered, the thought came to him that perhaps the goat had escaped from its keeper. There must, then, be someone living on the land. He quickly put on his shoes and his hat, took his parasol, and ran to the rock where he had found the goat. He called, he sought, he peered about to see if some shepherd were there somewhere. He found nothing. He found no trace of man. There was no road, no bridge, no field, no logs, not even a chip or shaving to show that the hand of a man had been there. But what was that? In the distance ran a herd of goats over the rocks, but no dog followed them and no shepherd. They ran wild on the island. They had perhaps been left there by some ship. 
As he came home, he noticed the goat sorrowfully. The bandage had become dry. The goat might be suffering pain. Robinson loosened the bandage, washed the wound again, and bound it up anew. It was so trustful. It ran after him, and he decided always to protect it. I will always be your shepherd and take care of you, he said. End of chapter 18, Robinson Becomes a Shepherd. Chapter 19, Robinson Builds a Home for His Goat. But the goat was a new care. Wild animals could come and kill and carry Robinson's goat away while he slept, and if the goat got frightened while he was hunting, it would run away. I will have to make me a little yard in front of my cave, he said, for my goat to live in. But from whence must come the tools? He had neither hatchet nor saw. Where, then, were the stakes to come from? He went in search of something. After hunting for a long time, he came upon a kind of thistle, about two feet higher than himself, having at its top a red torch-like blossom. There were a great many of them. Good, thought Robinson, if I could only dig up enough of them and plant them thick around the door of my cave, I would have just the thing. No one could get at me, nor at the goat either. Those thorns would keep anything from creeping through, peeping in, or getting over. So he took his mussel shell spade and went to work. It was pretty hard, but at length he succeeded in laying bare the roots of quite a number. But he could not drag them to his cave on account of the thorns sticking in him. He thought a long time. Finally, he sought out two strong poles or branches, which were turned up a little at one end, and like a sled runner. To these, he tied twelve cross pieces with bark. To the foremost, he tied a strong rope made from cocoa fiber. He then had something that looked much like a sled, on which to draw his thistle-like brush to his cave. But for one day, he had enough. The transplanting of the thistles was hard work. His spade broke, and he had to make a new one. In the afternoon, he broke his spade again, and as he had made his third one, he made up his mind that it was no use trying to dig with such a weak tool in the hard ground. It would only break again. If I only had a pick. But he had none. He found a thick, hard, sharp stone. With it, he picked up the hard earth, but had to bend almost double in using it. At home, he thought, they have handles to picks. The handle was put through a hole in the iron. He turned the matter over and over in his mind, how he might put a hole through his stone. But he found no means. He searched out a branch with a crotch at one end. He tied the stone to this with strong cocoa fiber and bark. How his eye glistened as he looked at the new tool. Now he began to work. He first loosened up the earth with his pick. Then he dug it out with his spade and planted in a high thistle. Many days he had to work, but finally one evening the hedge was ready. 
he had a row in a semicircle in front of his cave he counted the marks on his calendar tree the day on which he had begun to make his hedge he had especially marked out he had worked fourteen days he had completed his hedge with the exception of a small hole that must serve for a door but the door must not be seen from without as robinson thought it came to him that there was still a place for two thistles on the outside he could easily get in but the entrance was difficult to find from the outside robinson looked on his hedge from without it was not yet thick enough for this reason he planted small thistles between the larger ones with the digging them out and transplanting them he was a whole week longer finally the hedge and the yard were ready now robinson could rest without fear and sleep in his cave and could have his goat near him all the time it delighted him greatly it ran after him continually like a dog when he came back from an absence it bleated for joy and ran to meet him as soon as he got inside the hedge robinson felt that he was not entirely alone he now had a living being near him. End of chapter 19, Robinson builds a home for his goat.